0: I always think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's a pyramid, there's a three-tier pyramid. And at the bottom of the pyramid, it's the dog's basic needs, so food, water. I mean, it's human basic needs too, like food, water, oxygen, shelter from uh, the elements. And then we skip the middle step and we go straight to affection, right? But the middle step is so crucial. Think about your kids. The middle step is structure rules and boundaries. And if you do it in that order, your dog's going to have an easier time with you. Affection's not a bad thing. It's just, it should be something that is earned.
1: What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Elevated Canine Podcast. And today I am here with my man... Roel Guerra,
2: Chris Sykes,
1: and John Gatta. John Gatta got a train from uh, TikTok. Arizona. Oh yeah. yeah, IG. Yep, it's good, bro. From the good to have area. you. Good, good to have you here. It's fun being here, and good to have Chris here too. Yeah, he's got a voice. Yeah, Chris. Thank you. Hey, bro. Y'all missed hit, it. Hey, hit us with those notes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> what a do, I? Shawty. <laughs> Oh, what a do, shoddy. Oh, oh, what a man. do, shawty.
1: <laughs> DMs are going to be flooded now. Hey, bro, not only does he work <laughs> out, does MMA trains dogs, decoys dogs, and he sings, my man. Right, Anyways, today we got uh, John here from Arizona. And he made the trip down. We really appreciate you, brother. Yes, uh, I, I met, we met, I met John. I don't know, maybe a couple months ago, and uh, he came out, hung out, worked some dogs, and I loved his energy. And so, yeah, he's been, you know, we've been hanging out here and there ever since. And so, welcome, man. How, how's everything going with you?
0: Going good, going good. Uh, I I love getting bit, and I'm in the California, and I get to get bit a lot when I'm here. So. It's always good.
1: Awesome, always awesome. Good. Why don't uh, Why don't we start a little bit about you know just a little background story of you know where, where you where you started and and then we'll go from there. Like how far back? Whatever you think. Whatever is relevant. you think is relevant. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I used to be a
0: dope fiend. All right. <laughs> really? We yeah. can start there. Straight heroin addict. Yeah. And like at uh, what age? Uh, about twenty. Twenty. Got it. Yeah. It was bad, <clears throat> um, but I had to go to behavior modification for humans. And uh, that behavior modification basically turned me into a good dog trainer because changing human behavior is eerily similar to changing dog behavior. Interesting. Right. The only difference is that humans have a choice. Dogs don't. We can force dogs to be better. Okay. Right. Uh, and so I was doing civil engineering in the Bay Area, and I hated my life. <laughs> it was <laughs> terrible. I was white-knuckling through every day. And... I just had this epiphany, like, go train dogs. And I quit my job, didn't put in two weeks' notice. You just left. I just left. I was was done. Uh, I was making great money. uh, And it was in September that I moved to Arizona back in, like, 2018. And uh, I started working at a dog resort and volunteering at rescues. And uh, someone told me to get on TikTok and Instagram. And I started posting uh, I tried to emulate people that I respected. So one of those people was Robert Cabral. He is, was no nonsense. He just spit it like it was, like, like it was supposed to be. And uh, I tried to take a page from his book, and I just showed the truth of my work. And literally like two months into TikTok, I had like quarter million followers. Oh, crazy. TikTok reaches out, <clears throat> asks me to do a partnership with them. Um, and then from there, my account just kind of blew up. Uh, I didn't really start getting paid till about 2020, the end of 2020, I was just doing volunteer dogs. Uh, and I think the craziest thing that I learned with these rescue dogs is affection. Affection is like the root of all evil in pets. Like, or I feel that yeah, way. I okay. Um, and how I learned that is I messed up my dog one, two, she's a little Catahoula took her everywhere with me. And then when I had to start leaving her home, she would start ripping up her arm. And uh, I did that to her, right? And so what I did is I put her in a crate. She only came out to earn her food. And seven months later, she was better. And the craziest part is when she did get her freedom back, she chose not to be around me. She, <laughs> she chose to like hang out in the living room on her own. So it was all this forced affection that I put on her that turned her into a little bit of a basket case. And then I started taking on rescue dogs that no one wanted to deal with. And I played the same card. I stopped giving affection, added structure. So it was like place, earning food, taking away choice and all the dogs were getting better. Like clearly getting better. Dogs that people would say, oh, it's impossible to fix this dog. Like bet, (laughs) like just stop giving affection. And people think you're a monster for saying stop giving affection, but it literally changes the game. If like for all the pet people watching, all the dog trainers watching, if you're having a struggle with the dog, stop talking to it, stop touching it and just
1: watch this dog get better. Do you think it's a where, like, it's not about not giving affection, but where, like where you place that affection or you think just that in general, eliminate all affection?
0: If your dog's struggling and you want quick results, eliminate all affection. Do I think affection is bad? No, not at all. But I think that we have a tendency to go the easiest route to get dopamine in our brains. So you think mm-hmm. about scrolling through social media, scroll, scroll, scroll. There's hope that the next video is gonna be good. So we keep scrolling. Mm-hmm. And then it's like one in every 20 videos, one in every 50. And by the time you look down, you've wasted four hours, right? Yep, and the problem is, is if dopamine so easy to get here or watching TV and when you're not doing that, what are you doing? You're petting. So the problem with the affection is once they start giving it, it's too easy to go back to it. So they don't even realize that they're giving their dogs affection when they're giving it. So Interesting. I think that having them take a hands-off approach for a little while, they start to see, oh my God, why am I giving affection? Oh, I didn't even realize it. I didn't even realize it. Right. And- when they start to see that then they start to think, right, Are, am I giving dogs affection in the wrong moments? Am I giving it to them when they're doing bad things? And is that why they're right. having these bad behaviors? Yep.
1: What do you think about that, Chris?
2: Uh, I, I, I agree with some of it. I agree with the, especially the last part is like a lot of people give affection when affection is not needed. You're reinforcing behaviors that uh, you don't even realize you're reinforcing. Like if the dog's growling at someone and you're telling them no, it's okay, it's good boy, and you're going and petting the dog, you're reinforcing that behavior. and you're, right. It's building on top of the problem already. So I I, I totally agree with that. Um, and I also think with certain dogs, depending on the dog's temperament or uh, just the dog, who the dog is in general, some dogs have a personality where they could be pet and then they're more independent and they want to be away from you after. Right. With dogs like that, I feel like it's okay, but it's to a extent but if you're always baby talking the dog and you're always coddling the dog then it creates that separation anxiety or that in- anxiety in general to where the dog's not getting what he wants and then the dog starts to train you instead of you training the dog right. so if you're not petting the dog and then the dog begins to bark or the dog begins to show a behavioral a behavior that you know uh, will cause you to pet him yep. uh, so it, it's it's like things like that yeah things well, like we, that definitely well, we started
1: experiencing it with uh with our with our golden doodle man because Bro, he's just I, it feels good when you pet your dog, you yep, know? Yeah. And yep. uh and we made him a little bit uh now he just like walks up to you and he, with his head, he just like bumps your hand, wants you to pet him all the time, and most of the time the kids will start petting them, do whatever. But now, if I leave him in the backyard and he's he knows we're inside, he'll start like clawing at stuff, trying to bite stuff. So now I gotta stop that. So like we gotta go back to like, hey, we're not gonna, we're gonna ignore him a little bit when he comes in. And that's I mean. And I'm am a dog trainer. I can see it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But but yeah. uh but yeah, he started chewing up on my uh, my wood doors uh, outside. And I'm like and then he got hurt. He hurt his uh, lip. I was, you know, 600 bucks at the vet. And uh and that's how problems uh you know, that's how problems get started. And it did start because we give him too much affection. Uh we're a little too crazy with him, getting him all amped up when he comes into the house and then and he uh, begs for affection and we give it to him you know not just me but you know everybody, everybody else in the household so definitely I agree with, with that I think you know when you place affection in the wrong places uh, you'll create a freaking a, a basket case man and and he's a good dog but yeah definitely you know uh, separation anxiety is uh, getting in there and I need to stop it <laughs> it's always our own personal yeah,
3: and, and John's not saying mm-hmm. not to give any affection not at all, at all. Right, um, He's talking about dogs that maybe have already gotten too much affection. What's going to help them to be a little more independent is to stop giving it to them. Right. But, you know, and those problems we create out of love.
2: For yeah. The and the ga- engagement is separate from the affection that he's talking about. If you're engaging with your dog and you're training your dog and you want to praise your dog for something that he that you do want to reinforce, then I believe that's okay. But if you're always, like, like I said, coddling the dog or you're just overboard with it, then it becomes a problem later on.
0: I always think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? I don't know what that is. Okay, so it's a pyramid. There's a three-tier pyramid. And at the bottom of the pyramid, it's the dog's basic needs. So food, water. I mean, it's human basic needs too. Like food, water, oxygen, shelter from uh, the elements. And then we skip the middle step and we go straight to affection, right? But the middle step is so crucial. Think about your kids, The middle step is structure rules and boundaries. And if you do it in that order, your dog's going to have an easier time with you. Like the behaviors that you're struggling with are going to suddenly, right? It's affection's not a bad thing. It's just, it should be something that is earned. Yeah. It's like, what's it called again? Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I like it. It's so if like a client's having struggles like you you have a kid right? Kids a spoiled rotten brat. He gets his food for free, gets his water for free, he gets this and that for free, and all his toys are free. All his uh, like watches TV whenever he wants, never has to answer to anybody, and then you just love him for everything that they do, right? Even if it's messed up stuff, you just love them, and that kid is going to struggle as it develops in life because it never learns structure rules and boundaries, right? Like it's, it's so crucial for our human children. Why are they going to school to condition them to be good workers? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's, they have to raise their hand to go potty when they're in elementary school. Right. And, and the whole thing is, yeah, they're adults now and they can go potty where they want when they want, but they still have to ask for permission for a day off. Do you, you get what i'm saying it's all conditioning and if we condition those rules and structure whether it's human or dog the human and dog will get better with that structure rules and boundaries
1: i, I almost feel like there's like a negative attachment to those words for some reason now like nowadays i feel like Projective. when you say when you say you know structure and and you know boundaries and this it's like oh you're you know you're you're trying to be a controlling freak and it's like no, nah, that's not what we're trying to be, but I could see how, if I don't add any of this, it's going to, you know, affect my dog in the, in the wrong way. And, and so I just, and, and that's, that's another thing, man. I feel like, like, yeah, like where we're at right now, people see these things as negative. So they don't, it's like taboo right now. They don't want to.
0: It's, it's real simple. They have all these structure rules and boundaries in their life. They have to drive the speed limit. They have to pay their taxes. They have all these things they have to obey. And because they don't like the structure rules and boundaries that they have on their life, they don't want their dogs to have to suffer the same right. consequences. So they're projecting their own bullshit onto their dog that is not human.
1: Right. And, and uh, bro, I, well, we got a board and train right now. And, you know, he, he trained with a trainer for, I don't know, a long time. And the, so I go, I, I, just for me to learn how this dog was trained i i was like hey well i went saw who the trainer was and i go and the first video all they talk about is you know how we don't inflict pain in our dogs uh to you know get them to you know do things that we want you see their videos and yeah they're in the little backyard training with treats only and uh and i could see it in this dog does he know how to down yeah, especially when I have some food on me, he downs really fast. As soon as I give him that reward, he's like, "I'm checking out for a little bit until you call me back so you can give me my reward again." And it's just like, and so this dog had like has like no real structure because this trainer advised these people not to ever use a regular collar on them, only a harness. Uh, you know, there's no no rule like this dog could do Whatever it, whatever it wants you know what i'm saying and the dog is a really good dog a really not a hard dog at all and he doesn't and just because i say we're gonna add a uh oh we gotta correct them for you know for not doing this just because i say correct doesn't mean that you're laying i'm the dog like out. yeah like i'm freaking stomping the dog out you yeah, know what i'm saying
2: correct and there's over correct
1: and so and so uh but anyways this is where i see i feel like our industry is at right now Uh, now the walks, like, it's almost like excuses for everything. Like, Oh, "Oh, so my, I can't walk my dog. Uh, well, the walk isn't, you know, for me, it's for my dog. So I'm just going to let him pull me and sniff and do whatever he wants. But they never talk about when he becomes reactive to the other dog and he attacks another dog or another dog comes, you know, how they trigger each other and he gets like, there's just so much more to it. And I feel like. Like, yeah, man, like people, you know,
3: not only that, they
1: use words like we don't inflict pain <laughs> or we don't use emotional
3: intimidation on these dogs. And, and they use these words to make it seem like we're evil for what we do with these dogs and that they're the only righteous and friendly dog trainers out there.
0: It's it's they're trying to take the moral high ground yeah. because they don't have it in them. <clears throat>
3: Like They just don't have it
0: in them to do what's right for the dog. Because if it was really about the dog, they would give the dog the correction it needs so that the dog has a clear understanding. <laughs> like
1: does it, does it, when you hear these things, does it ever make you feel like, man, am I doing something? Like, no, all right. no. Like, how, like, here's the thing. If I am emotional
0: about the correction, so these people are emotional people. They're they're emotional about the correction, and we all know that if you're emotional about a correction, you're going to fuck that dog up. Mm -hmm. You're going to mess that dog up. But if the the dog messes up and I go, pop, 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 all right, that's a good boy. It's over. The dog has a clear understanding, but that pop, pop, pop is like taboo. Yeah. Even balance trainers, they'll see you give a pop, 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 and they jump on the bandwagon too. It's like people will call themselves purely positive balance trainers. Get the what is that? It's people (laughs) bending over backwards for the opposite side. It's like they're they are catering to these people, and it's going to make it harder for all of us. I agree. I agree. It's, we're going to lose our tools soon. It's just a matter of time, right? And there's some people that are going to be fine without tools. Like, you guys are part of that, mm-hmm. right? But there's a lot of trainers that are that are also inflicting the wrong kind of message yeah. to these dogs, right? right? So, like, I, I look at board and trains. It's all about relationship to me. It's not – it is not about just cranking the dog up.
1: Yeah, let's talk a little – let's go a little bit deeper into that. What do, what do you think are some of the – Um. well, first of all, you've, you've done – Enough of board and trains, right? Yeah, have have, what are some mistakes that you have seen in the past that you have done, uh, that you know later on you changed? So,
0: I used to try to do three week board and
1: trains and four week board and trains. Uh,
0: I I would correct the dog, I would rush through the important things, and today I I no longer will do a board and train less than six weeks. Uh, I, I don't if people don't like it, I don't care. Like, and I tell them, even with a six-week boarding train, if it takes me eight weeks, it takes me eight weeks. I'm not charging you extra. Yeah. The, the thing that's so important to me is those first 10 days. I don't have any expectation of that dog for the first 10 days it's, that it's at my house. He's with me. She's with me. We're hanging out. Food comes from my hand. But there's no expectation, right? We're just getting to know each other. That's it. Come on day 11.
1: There's no expectation as in like uh, even say the dog was running out the door or are you already instilling all these things from the beginning? Like
0: I, I don't give them the opportunity to make right. mistakes.
1: Okay. So you, you are putting some sort of like uh, structure in, yeah, in the way you live and everything. I,
0: I'm basically manipulating situations. So they come out of the crate. There's only one pathway. And then once they get into the kitchen area, I close it off. So I have like little barriers everywhere so that they're always locked in. Mm -hmm. And then I'll let them go outside by themselves. I don't care, right? But I'm not going to open the door and be like, come and he doesn't come. No, if he's waiting at the door for me, then I'll just have a treat, right? When he gets there. I'm just trying to show him I'm not these people that they live with. I'm I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to be your friend. I'm here to have fun with you. And so if I develop that relationship the right way, if, if we're on the same page and I am the, the person of value, toys are through me, food is through me, I'm not allowing you to make mistakes, right? Then I'm starting that relationship on the right foot. Then on day 11 or so, I start adding my markers, right? So I start with the release, terminal marker, break. And I just, I walk away from the dog. The dog has to chase me pretty much. and And the harder he works to get to me, the more I expect from him. And I do that for about four days. And then once he has that down, like he when he says break, I'm seeing him sprint at me, right? Like he's having a good old time. Uh, that's when I start to add something. So if the dog's independent, the first thing I'm teaching is something on me, right? If the dog is always on me, the first thing I teach is get the fuck away from me, right? Like go to place. Mm-hmm. Um, and once I have that going... I start to add my duration markers. So that's my boy. Yeah, good boy, right? That's my dude, yeah. right? Yeah. Over and over. Um, and and from that point, the training goes really easy. I just don't like rushing it. I know I could get it done in four weeks, but I don't want to do that because the more time I have with the dog, the better chance that the transition home is going to go better.
1: A thousand percent. right? Yeah, it's, I mean, they, you just
0: have more time to ingrain certain, you know. And it's, it, is it bad for business? Fuck yeah, it's bad for business. No one wants their dog away for six to eight weeks. Right. Like like I say uh, six weeks and you're like, I can't do that. And it's, they're like, can I get my dog back? Can I get my dog back? And it's like, nah, like it's like your dog needs this. It's, it's six weeks for the rest of his life.
1: Right. And what about when you take the dog back? Is he, is he still your dog? Like at the drop off or is it? No. So I have, I am very particular.
0: So they have to come to my house days in a row right? And, and so first day I show them what their dog can do. The dog's having fun. Like it's not, it is not about me correcting the dog. It is literally about me and him having fun. It's a game. Training is a game. I'm playing hard to get. I'm dating this dog pretty much. You get what I'm saying? Not needy. I'm not always available when he wants. And I show the owner that and the owner's like, Oh my God, my dog's so happy right now. Right. And then I hand them the leash and they fuck everything up. That's okay. I know that's going to happen. Right. Right. Here's the thing. They're not taking their dog home. The dog's staying with me another day so that I can repair what they broke. They come back the next day and they go about it. And if they do good, wonderful. But they have to make a mistake and they have to be able to fix that mistake. And if they can't, then the dog stays another night. I don't care if that dog stays seven days extra, nine days extra, because what's important is that they know how to fix the mistakes that they make. Right? We're dog trainers, so it's really easy for us to fix mistakes. Yeah. For them, it's not. So if I just hand them this is what a lot of boarding trainers do, here's the leash, good luck. Right. Nah. I, I offer free group classes. Only a small number actually show up. Right. But it, it is literally night and day the difference. Right. Like the relationship aspect, it changes everything when they know how to fix the mistakes. And what is the mistake most of the time with these pet people? They're too harsh and they expect too much. They're like, "Come!" It's like, yeah. dude, why the fuck would I come to you if you're like, "Come," right? Yeah, like, nah, come. That's my
1: dude.
0: <laughs> yeah, be a goofball, right? Like you're struggling with your dog. He doesn't come when
1: called. Run away from him. Mm-hmm. Like it's. What if? Uh, what about like, for example, my client for this uh, dog that I have right now? He wants him to be a service dog. I met the guy. I see how he communicates. He's never gonna be that. Yeah. He's never gonna be like a good, you know, like this happy-go-lucky. So, how do you set a dog up? uh, How do you set an owner up like that for success?
0: Well, it's it starts with those take-home sessions, right? There's some like pro athletes; they'll get it in two days, easy peasy. Any athlete will, right? Anyone that's been coached in their life will get it in two days. The problem when we run into people like that is you have to be more patient with them, right? And and you have to say, oh, you're almost there. You, it, like, you got to teach them on how to be coached, right? You got to, like, and the problem is is that if we rush through that process, I know it's terrible for business. We don't have a million hours every day, yeah. right? But you, I have found that my business keeps getting better and better as I do it this way mm-hmm. because people are ha- see their dogs are happy. Yeah,
1: and I, I don't really mean it, like, in a way of, like, he can't be he's not coachable i think he's coachable but i'm just saying like for example somebody that has a very monotone voice and then somebody's that gotta
0: learn this is like here's the whole thing all right so if if we're hanging out all of us and we're catching dogs and and you guys are trying to show me something right and you're like john if you do it that way you're gonna tear your acl yeah right you're on my ass about it a little bit right Mm -hmm. like dude you're gonna jam up my dog you're this you're that and what do I do? I'm like, oh, I got to get it, I got to get it, I got to get it. It motivates me when someone gives me the, the harshness, right? But when I get it, what are you doing? What, when I do it, when I catch the dog nicely, when I skeeve the dog, yeah. what, what do you hear in the background?
3: Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're giving me verbal
0: praise. Right. Right? And, and the thing is, is they're so quick to touch and pet. They're so quick to punish their dog, but they don't take the time to let the dog know what's right. And if we don't show, like the whole thing, when I'm walking these dogs, I don't need the e-caller. It's just like, that's my dude. I'm letting him know that, like, you're my dude. You're doing the right thing. You fuck up. I'm going to say no. And then he's going to come back. That's my dude. Right. Right. And I think that tone means everything. Right. So. I had a story the other day, and I hate the way I sound. I'm like, oh, that's a good girl, that's a good boy. Yeah. Like a goofball, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it's not me. Like, this is not me, right? You should hear Royal. <laughs> <laughs> you should hear my boy Johnny. <laughs> but it's like, you have to get uncomfortable. Like, that's what life's about, is getting uncomfortable. And if for sure. someone has issues, like, being a goofball with their dog, what kind of life is that for your dog? Like, it's not, like, and the whole thing is, they may not, they take it the wrong way, but... If you can get them to, to like let that monkey off their back and release, you're not only helping the dog, you're helping them. Right. Right. And it's it's hard. And some people are, are much harder. And a lot of times what happens is around you they can't do it, but behind closed doors, they can. For sure. Right. So yeah. I asked them to make private uh Instagram accounts and to go live every time they're interacting with their dogs. And what you'll see is they're doing it. Right, that, but when you're on them, they're not doing it because they're they're fearful of, right. of yeah. you thinking differently. Right, even even I, when I hear me talking to that Tibetan Mastiff, and I'm like, oh, big
2: mama, right?
0: Yeah. Like I sound like a goofball, right? right. I, like I wanted to delete the video because I, it's not the persona I want to pre- show <laughs> <Sorry>, everybody. <laughs> but, but it's funny because
1: I put music on a video yesterday because I was doing that. <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> but do you think it's? Do you think
3: that's going to be necessary for the? The length of the dog's life yeah dude i mean here's dude <sighs> look if you're always serious
0: mm-hmm. right like me and boof if i'm always serious with him, it's my ego that's expecting him to get to be perfect yeah like he doesn't da-
3: you motherfucker
0: like get down like it's that's yeah. my fucking ego nah dude like if i have fun with him he does so much better Right. If if I'm always just like correcting, 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 it's not like if I'm like, no, then there's conflict between me and my dog. And they just people cannot let go of or, they, or sorry. They hold on to this, their dog messes up and they're like, oh, this fucking dog, and they're holding on to it for so long. The dogs already let it go. Right. And yeah. then they miss opportunities where the dog's trying to play to de-escalate things
3: because they're always so fucking serious. Right. Well, are you that way with every single rep, with with the excitement and the voice, the the okay. you know the, the influx of your your voice and stuff? So if the dog's not mine, yes,
0: got it. <laughs> right, if the yeah. dog is not mine, that I'm so sense. good at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, But if the dog is mine, I do struggle with it at times, yeah. right? Because I know he knows, I know she knows, so that's the hard part.
1: Yeah, I I I guess I struggle a little bit with it because I agree with 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 a, with a lot of it. But for example. I mean, let's not go far. I competed yesterday with Rogan. I haven't had this dog for the last four months, three Dude, and we'll a half. put video on <laughs> <laughs> three and a half, four months, right? And uh the owner that has him now, he's just not as consistent as I was, you know, and and he knows, bro. Man, I was in there as soon as I, I walk in, I tell him, I tell him to heal. And, and I see him look up and then look down, start sniffing around. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a different dog, yep. a completely different dog. And you can't, you know, you can't praise. You can't if, if I say good, he's, he's going to be like, I'm I'm out of here because you you have competing motivators now. He'd rather go and sniff whatever kind of shit they had out there on the grass yeah. than whatever I have at that point. Now, obviously, I didn't put in the work leading up to this competition. So this is why it looks like that. But if I'm consistent from heat for two weeks before this dog understands that when I say something, he's supposed to do it. And when he does it, he gets paid and we're consistent. He does, he, he does it right. And it has nothing to do with my voice because it has more to do with whatever he can get. Because he's opportunistic on whatever he can get, he don't give two shits about my voice, bro. And I, I yesterday, I was like, he's fucking, he's he's out of it. But if I would have had a ball there, it would have been a completely different dog.
0: Environment dictates behavior,
1: and so and so. What I'm saying is like, with these owners, right? How do we set them up for success? Well, first of all, we need to teach them how to properly correct the dog when he doesn't do what he's supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. i don't think it's so much ego and and again it doesn't mean be hard on the dog but literally down he doesn't down grab the leash pull him into a down hey you're supposed to do it uh it has nothing to do with you know being hard on the dog but i think it comes down to like black and white hey when you ask the dog to do something he does it good when he doesn't do it make sure he does it Yeah. yeah Over and over and over and over, and so we just need to become consistent on these things. You know what I'm saying? That and I, I also believe that
0: uh, expectations from pet clients are unrealistic.
1: Well, they think they. Well, it depends on the client, man. I, it, it sucks because a certain type of client feels like they always get things their way, and when they get their dog back, it's supposed to be a robot. Yeah, and it's like, bro. Like, this dog has been eating from me, has been interacting with me. You've been biologically fulfilling that dog. And, yeah, and now you want that just because you say, come, sit down with me, go to your bed, that he's just going to be a robot. And it's like, nah. And that's why, for me, it's important for our trainers to understand that it's not all about the session. They do this session, bro, where the dog does everything. Yeah. But what about when the dog is not in a session? The dog is just sniffing, hanging out, playing with other dogs, and you tell him to down. Is he going to do it? Probably not. Probably not. not and those, and to me, though, and so, how do you set a dog up to listen in That's that environment? Well, you need to definitely have some type of reward that he really values, whether it be going to play again or something that you have, whatever, whatever it is. And you work slow on leash, right? He's playing, you tell him to down, he doesn't do it, you help him, he does it, you pay if if he wants food, if he doesn't, then you tell him to go play again. And all of a sudden, you have, you know, but it requires reps, and it requires uh, you training in that type of session. Mm -hmm.
0: So I have a question. How many different toys do you have for your dogs? Man, I have,
1: I can play with whatever, whatever,
0: whatever I bring out. Okay, so... I found that most dog owners have a million toys for their dogs, and and because they have so many options, the dogs don't really care about any. Yeah.
1: Of them. Well, I don't the think value. it's about. It's not really about the. It's not about the. It's supposed to be about the game, not necessarily the toy. The game with the owner. Yes, so, and that that's where the value comes. And sometimes people try to force their game how they want to play with the dog. Yeah onto the dog and the dog's like yo this is bullshit like you're shoving a toy down my throat i never get to win yeah like you shove a toy down my throat you're literally like shoving it into my mouth i don't want to play bro like but if you watch the dog and see what he enjoys whether it be how you see two dogs when they play with each other what do they do when one of them wants to play and the other one doesn't this one has a toy he brings it close to him runs he'll like kind of like act like he's he trying to run away he runs away the other dog chases him but what does he do again when this dog ignores him? He comes back, and he tries to taunt the dog. Like, and I'm not saying every dog, but a lot of dogs yeah. play like this. So if we see how they play, then we can figure out what can you create. Like with Wapo, he could bring the toy to me. All I have to do is touch his head, and he shakes his head. That for him is very fulfilling. That's a game for him. Or I could play tug. He shakes his head. He wins it. All right. Chris,
0: what, what do you train with? I, I've, I've seen you train a bunch of times. It's the same object that I see you training your dog with.
2: Uh, I usually use a ball. On a rope. Yeah, a ball
0: and a rope. And that, that, when that ball comes out, right, it's the most exciting thing in the world for your dog. For sure. Right? And I, I do believe that owners never make something exciting. I think that you make it exciting in the very beginning with one object, and then you can transfer it to anything. For sure. Everything's a game to Guapo, right? Yeah. Like, and I think that they never take the time to develop their relationship, never take the time to make one thing valuable through you. Because they always leave it out.
1: That, yeah, for pet people, yeah, for
2: sure. A
1: thousand
3: percent. I mean, it's, the same, concept. it's the same concept with free feeding. <sighs> yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. Chris, what you got? I also don't think people understand how long it takes to build that type of drive. So we have Malinois, we have working dogs that already have the drive, and we learn how to build on top of it or how to control the drive with the toys. And then you have a pet dog that's lower drive. And kind of like if we go back to what we were talking about earlier um, – don't lose your thought, Chris. Don't lose your thought. <laughs> if we go back to what we were talking about earlier about I lost it.
3: Vocal praise, emotional praise.
2: Um. Okay, so the, dog, the dog's not as drivey, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're afraid to show that energy or to play with your dog in a certain way when you're out, then you're never going to be able to bring that drive out of your dog. So it takes months for me to build that type of energy into the dog and teach that dog that type of, play or to build that type of drive to get to where it starts to look fun for the dog or just a structure. It's a structure game for me. Right. Um, and like you say, it's not overnight. It's not something that you're going to do, especially if it's a lower drive dog. You have to build those qualities into the dog and you have to have fun. Um, so me, I'm a naturally higher energy person. So I have to play a lot with my dogs because that's just that's who I am. Um, so I've even had times where I've started dogs off and it's too much energy for the dogs. And then you create Right. Anxiety or the dogs are screaming for the ball. Um, I think if you take that toy um, and you play and you just make it fun for the dog every day and do short sessions and put the dog up over time, you're conditioning the dog to act a certain way when the toy comes out. Yeah. percent. Um, yeah. So. So I think most of it is like people are expecting a lot out of the dog by doing a little bit of the work. Uh, and even with me, I'm slower in developing my dogs. Uh, like my dogs, I don't correct them until they're a year old. No harsh corrections. No. You talking collars. about your competition, like competition your, dogs. Yeah. Even if I had like a pet dog and I want to raise it, I wouldn't be correcting it. I would be luring. I'm like big on luring and big on shaping the behaviors I want, the positions I want, and then later on I'll add corrections because I know already the dog knows what he's supposed to be doing. We've done it for almost a year, almost six to eight months. The dog knows it. Then I'll start to add in the correction. I think people don't want to spend that time into their dog. They expect it fast and they want to see the end results instead of being willing to build that relationship with the dog or even to build that drive for the toy. Not every dog is going to like the same toy and not every dog is going to work the same, I think. And and, and even with me, like I have the ball, I'll I'll play with the dog. And if you do that for too long, you bring out another toy, they're not going to want to play with it. So I think building that play in different areas. So I have training where I'll do ball training. I have training where I'll just pet you and praise you. I'll push you around, play fight with you and build it up. And then later on down the road when you're an adult and you understand those games individually, then I'll start to add them into play. And it's all a routine too. So it's, I don't know, it's, it's a little different for me. I think, I think if you want a better looking dog and a better end result, you have to put in the time and you have to do it for a very long time to get where you want to go. If you're looking for that flashy type of dog or that dog that has that bond with you, then you won't need a leash. You won't need to add the pressure. You don't need to add uh, corrections because the dog knows it and he's happy to do it. I think if you structure the dog to be the way you want, I think it'll turn out in the yeah. end, but so it's time.
1: That's money right so, there. That's so,
0: money for everybody
1: obviously we, we, we shift around a little bit from like competition to pet dogs. Cause that's what we're involved in involved in. Um, but I mean, when it comes to the pet dog stuff, I think it's, uh, if you really think about it, it is not that hard. It is not that difficult. If you set your feelings aside and you, you know, cause again, like what John was talking about earlier, don't, you know, give so much affection where it's not needed. And you are going to avoid a lot of issues. And while you're doing that, you're setting up a structure within your home. You could work on what Chris was talking about, which is the play. Different ways of play. This could be done outside in your yard during free time. And create this five, ten minutes a day. Ritual. Five, ten minutes a day where your dog understands that this is the time where you guys are going to have fun and you learn how to play. And then... You, be, you have the obedience side of it, and then you can mesh it all together. You could literally go, I'm going to tell you to sit. I'm going to bring a ball out. I'm going to throw it around. I'm going to proof my sit. You did great. I'm going to come back to you. Boom, we play. That is how you start teaching dogs how to hold the sit when there's something that they really want. Why? Because you created this game, which is the big reward that they're looking forward to, and then you can put a structure to it. And within the home, you set what is it, the PREMAC principle? Hey, before you get to do this, you have to do this. Before you do this, you have to do this. And you do this every single day, and I think that that is the way that you could live somewhat peacefully with your dog. Have you heard of the blue ribbon emotions? Nope.
0: Okay. So the blue ribbon emotions are fear, which is environmental, uh, anxiety, which is panic, uh, rage, which is aggression, and then the seeking state, right? So what's happening is when the dog is managed properly. Every time they come out, like with what you were saying, the dog's in a seeking state. You're just saying seeking state. And then basically you build on that. So like I like using place. So place is somewhere where there's hope because every time they go to place, we get to earn food. We go on a walk after place. We, we play a game after place, use nose mm-hmm. after place. And, and so those blue ribbon emotions, can really help you if you are willing to manage your dog in between. Right. Right. And it's uh, like you're saying it without saying it, but like you bring your dog out and you're playing and, and literally it's in a seeking state every time that you come out. And then you, you said it, you put the dog away. Everyone has a problem with putting their dog away. Right. And it's, it's, you put it away because you want the dog coming out in that seeking state every single time temple grandin you guys know who that she is no i don't dude read animals in translation or animals make us human those those two
1: books what is like the the base of like the if you were to you know talk about it in two minutes uh two minutes so basically animals that are like slaughterhouse
0: animals animals at zoos um proper treatment of those animals like their emotional states right so uh for example like a lot of, uh, like, say, pig farmers. She has this uh, chapter about pigs and how um, the pigs wouldn't go into a room. And the the farmers would just, like, cattle prod them in and, like, kind of, like, really be harsh on the pigs to get them in. And they hire Temple Grandin, and she comes out there, and she's looking at everything, and then she realizes because she actually gets down to the pigs' level that the pigs won't go in there because... It's a dark room in the reflection of the wet ground, because pig farms are always wet. Mm-hmm. Um, the reflection makes it impossible to see inside the room, and that's why the pigs weren't going in. Mm. So by putting rubber mats down, I believe it was that they got the pigs to go in <laughs> like that. Like she's, she's very talented. That is,
1: that is, in a nutshell, like dog like, how do you deal with dogs? Like <laughs> yeah. you see what, what they want. And how can you know? How can you get it done without adding?
3: When I get home, bro, I'm gonna be on all fours. <laughs> Seriously,
1: it's, no, it's but context. I mean, it, bro, it's it, like my dogs, they sleep. They sleep in their crates at night uh-huh. inside the house. I know that, like at night, they're running around. They know that when I come out and I call them, they come in each one to their crate. Why? Mm-hmm. Because I have food waiting in each crate already mm-hmm. every night. Mm-hmm. This is how I set it up. So now. Every time, I, I don't have to struggle with calling them in. They want to come in because they're going to eat at night before they go to bed. That's just, and if you do that every single day, you're not going to have a problem with the recalls. What's the problem? The problem happens when people lie, when people lie, when you go, come on, come on, come on. The dog gets near, come here, <laughs> putting your ass in. Yeah. And the dogs are smart. I was like, nah, bullshit. <laughs> I know you want to put me in, but if you just outsmart the dog, you're not going to have those issues,
0: it's conditioning at
1: its and finest. And this, bro, this golden retriever that I got in, he know he he. always was like, oh, he knows like the game. What does he do? He tur- like as soon as I I would call him in, he would turn around and he would walk away and he would lay down over there. And I would walk up to him. Guess what he would do? He'd roll over, start <laughs> like acting. And I'm just like, all right, cool. I'm gonna work on it. that's one thing that I know the owner struggles with because it's I could just see it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so that's one thing that I'm gonna work on so that he doesn't do that all the time. Yeah. How? Yeah. There's, an ex- there's There's something here. There's money here. Come here. And not every time you're going to go in. Maybe you're going to come to me. I take you on a walk. Then I come back and I put, you just got to break the that chain of expectation. Like he's expecting something, but that's not what's going to happen. Something else is going to happen here. And I'm going to add a positive right there so that, you know, he believes that something good is always going to happen with me.
2: It kind of reminds me of like fearful dogs, like uh, going back to the pig thing. Like, uh, there's sometimes you'll open up a crate and the dog's just sitting in the crate looking at you, or sometimes you want the dog to go in the crate and the dog just freezes and they're looking at you because they're in fear. And sometimes just your body pressure is what's causing that dog not to want to choose that route. So sometimes the easier route for us, which seems simple to us, is not what the dog's seeing. Maybe you're standing over the crate, maybe you're hovering over the door where they have to run past and they're already fearful of you or fearful in general. And sometimes you can just switch your body to the opposite side, maybe to where the side of Uh, maybe to the side where the door is actually open or, you know, just shift from the left side of the crate to the right side of the crate. And the dogs will run in freely. So a lot of it too is Mm -hmm. learning how to read the dog and see those things and not getting frustrated when the dog doesn't do it. And like you say, if you get frustrated and you try and go into the little catching game, you're just creating a bigger problem to where the dog's like, yeah, that's bullshit. I'm running away. A lot of it too is just trying to outthink the dog or just think from a, think from the dog's point of view. Like how is this dog feeling? The dogs are so low on the ground and we're so much taller than the dogs. If you, if you pay attention to the fearful dogs, they're always looking up at you. Um, So like reading them, just moving around, trying to make an easier route for the dog and not something that you think the dog should be able to do. You know, it's
0: so interesting you bring that up because even like I'm new at catching dogs, right? Like it's like been like, what, seven months, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? And, and so I found that when I'm facing the dog frontal and the dog's coming, there are some dogs that have a lot of conflict. Being on your bicep, but by simply turning and giving them the tricep, uh, it makes it easier. But what happens is you see, it, even I do it. I'm looking at the dog. Conflict.
2: A lot of pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Whereas if you just turn your face away like that,
1: yep. The dog has no problem. Yeah. And you can build confidence. So it's it's literally exactly that's what a, you're that's saying. A, and that's that. I mean, when if we, if we talk about decoy work, that is literally how you become a better decoy is by learning these things, like seeing these things. Some people think that by adding more, you know, whip and this and that, the dog's going to bite better. But in, in reality, they might be adding more conflict. Yeah. Or giving the dog its feet. Yeah. Who would have, like, I was always told walk backwards, walk backwards, walk backwards
0: right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, that works. But I have found now that if I give the dog the feet, the, feet, the dog punches in so fast.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: Um, Let me go back a little bit to what you guys were talking about, like the fear or whatever, like dogs that are in fear. It's amazing how many people, including myself, I've done it in the past. We're trying to get a dog that is fearful to understand something when he's in that mental state. And so um, I want to talk a little bit about what what your thoughts are are on it. I, I feel like if we could get a fearful dog to play, and get out of a little bit of that fear it'll be a lot easier how how you come about that i don't know some dogs i'll bring another dog in that's confident and that will bring the dog out healthy get, pack and i'll get them moving a little bit and now i could teach a little bit better so many trainers man it's like you gotta force them through it uh, no 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 wait wait is it, so many trainers feel like they have to get it done and they are they rush and so so the i won't, I, see, I seen a dude put an e-collar on a dog. I'm going to zap the dog. The dog is just going nuts. And the dog now comes to him. Oh, this is a safe place because the pressure stopped right here. So, while the dog is now fearful, now he's like, I'm going to stay with this guy. And what do you see? You Yeah, he'll stay next to you. He'll be walking around. What tucked, when you disappear? Like, literally does not want to be on this earth because he's afraid of hot lava turning on. And so yeah that's just a big that's a big uh issue that i see right now and it goes back to like with us with elevated i, I tell yo if you feel like we're not going to get it done tell them you're not going to get it done in this time if you want we could give them back or leave them yeah. for much longer because and it's over prompt i mean under promise over deliver, deliver always i have something to say big time on this let's so go
0: i i I brought it up at the very beginning. I used I used to be a dope fiend, not not just smoking weed or something. I I mean I was doing heroin. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. right. And and let's just be real. I went to rehabs that were thirty days long, and that didn't help me one bit because I went back right back to my old lifestyle the moment I left rehab. I had to go to a level six behavior modification that took two and a half years to get better. Really? Yes. And so everyone's in such a rush to get it done in a month, and they crucify dogs for it, just like like. They crucify it. They cut corners. And unfortunately, when it comes to behavior, we have to address the emotional state before we start addressing the dog's be- obedience yeah. or anything else. And it's- So,
3: I mean, that could tie into that one question that we were asked. Can you Does reactivity actually go away? Uh,
0: so here, here's what I tell people. If the dog comes to my house, the dog's not going to be
1: reactive with me. Total yeah.
2: different dog.
0: <laughs> right? I could get that dog to be happy as shit all the time. The problem is, is I'm going to bring it back to you. And if you go back to your lifestyle, you're going to have an issue. I I had this trainer, his name's Greg. I can't remember what company he's from, but like he said something and it was, you know, your dog will come to a board and train and it's either going to get better or worse depending on what you do when the dog gets there.
3: Hmm.
0: Like, and that's, it's it's the biggest truth in the world. Like if you, if you have a behavior, it doesn't matter if it's aggression, fear, anxiety, the dog can get better if you follow your trainer's advice. Take Understand that behavior, if it's not with us, if the dog's living with us, the dog will be better in a month. Let's just be real. Like if it's one of us, the dog's going to be better in a month. Yeah. The problem is it takes so much longer to condition good habits. And, and the people that are unwilling to condition those habits, when shit hits the fan, the dog's going to resort back to old habits. And, and that's why it's so crucial to do different it's so like people are like oh i want this aggression to disappear well it's not going to disappear unless you kill the way you used to live with your dog like what you do is going to make a huge difference on what that dog's going to become
1: but even even but, well, i agree yeah with a lot with with but i think that there's also a i mean obviously the genetics part of it and i don't care how and i think I, it's a cop out you think so yeah dude it's look it. you could take look wait, at, wait, 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 wait. It's a cop out in a sense of like, obviously, if I have his dog, I know what his dog brings to the table. I'm gonna deal with this dog a certain way. Genetics. So here's here's the problem. Genetics do reign supreme.
0: Look, at, you're not just gonna go find a guapo at your corner store. Right. I'm sorry, you're just not, dude. Right. Like it, it's not like that's a specimen. Right. God's gift to the world, Mike Tyson of dogs. You you like yeah. It's not Beetlejuice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so here's the thing. The problem is, is dog trainers give people the out. I'll say it a million times over, behavior is dictated by the environment. You can take the best, strongest dog, Guapo, and put him in some, excuse my French, some pussy's house, and Guapo becomes a basket case. Now, if you take some genetic mess dog and you put it in your house, or your house, or your house, that dog is gonna shine in six or seven months. So yes, genetics play a role, like I, I, genetics are are very important, but environment is going to dictate where that dog's going to be.
1: But what I'm saying is, um, I mean for me, like if if I see a dog that is like really dog aggressive, not like literally those dogs that don't even need a bark, like they literally just want to like kill. Yeah, and predatory instincts. Yeah, just yeah. like they just want to go kill. I don't care. I don't care how much uh, structure, obedience, whatever you put in it. Obviously, if I you know. If I um, manage the surroundings and I don't allow this dog to, yeah, it's gonna be able to live. Obviously, with a dog trainer, yeah, yeah, with a pet but person, with a regular not. person, it's never gonna happen because so, they're unwilling to do what's right for the dog. I don't think they. I don't think some people. I mean, available. they just can't, bro. Well, some people just
0: can't. Yeah, that's true. But it's. Uh, it's relationship and communication. So, if you have that relationship and communication, I do believe that you can get any dog to be obsessed with you and not whatever's going on in the surrounding. For sure.
2: Uh, like, but that obsession can also lead into aggression as well. Yeah, it's, it's hard. I, I
0: just think that if you give me a predatory dog, so I have a dog named Bummer, Catahoula mm-hmm. motherfucker will will tear up a dog that's weak. Just, yeah. he, if, it's a, if it's a weak dog, he doesn't want it around. Right. And he's got an issue with male weak male dogs. Now, if you had that dog, he'd be fine. Right. I could have him around any dog if I'm home. If you were with Bummer, you would be fine having him out all the time. But the moment that dog goes into a weak home, a weak person home, it's not going to work.
1: So that's what I'm saying. So yeah. genetics, I mean, genetics it, are genetics. Then, but,
0: but genetics are genetics unless you have a strong leader now. Yeah. So what, what you're saying is it's manageable. It's it's manageable. It's like Bummer hates Creasy at my house. They fight. Yeah. I can never leave them alone. Yeah. But if I'm outside, they're fine. Yeah. So I, I believe that if you have a, I, I mean I've just I've dealt with so many shithole dogs that that mm-hmm. are trying to eat other dogs and kill other dogs that mm-hmm. have killed other dogs that have maimed humans right. Yeah. And I would say that uh, of the 96 red listed dogs that I've pulled from county, six, eight of them I've had to put down. Eight. Mm-hmm. The rest who are monsters are
1: manageable in the right homes.
3: Yes. But could you leave them alone without you being, no, no, dude. that's, the
1: that's the not point, what I'm no. saying. That's so, the gen, point. That, so that's what I'm talking but, about. I'm, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Genetics. Like I'm like, yo, gene- you can't change genetics. You, can't. you could
0: change, but leadership and environment. You can.
1: Yes. Look at, yeah, Oscar. you can, you can, but you can't because that's always, it's all right. It's like this. If I, I'm a, I, I know how to speak Spanish. Yeah. I could come, uh, I could be here in the united states not speak a word of spanish my whole life It'd be fine and be good and then this dude walks in hey como estas muy bien what am i gonna do in english no i'm gonna speak in spanish because it's it, it's something in mm, me conditioned it's con, it's it's in me so what i'm saying is the environment dicks, dicks i hear behavior. you I hear you, and while you could, and while you could, Ah, okay? You guys are both saying the same thing. I don't think, that's my point. Okay, so (laughs) what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that it's always going to be in me, so at any point, at any moment, it could pop off. Uh, All right, so look,
0: I, if if I, I'll use Creasy and Bummer as my, uh, over and over, because, (laughs) so Creasy and Bummer were best friends. Right. Creasy is a cone Corso. He don't fuck around. And, and bummer is a Catahoula. He's not a, like yeah. <laughs> serious dogs. Right. And they never had an issue. I left. There was no proper leadership in the home and they got in a fight. Cree- uh, bummer. The Catahoula almost took Creasy's ear off. Right. Now it took me a couple months to get the relationship repaired when I'm home, but never, ever again can I leave them by themselves. I right. opened a can of worms. Right. Right. And, and the struggle is, is if I go outside with them, they ain't touching each other because I'll lay them the fuck out. Yeah. Like I'm not, it's not because of, it's not that I have to hit him, right? I could literally say hit the deck and that both dogs are laying down. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because if I see something pop off, I'm going to, like as a dog trainer, it's not going to get past level two. Yeah. I, I hear that.
1: I, like I, I, I completely yeah, agree with yeah. that. Uh, the problem I have
0: with, with genetics And don't get me wrong, I understand. Like, Corella's genetically strong as a Mm puppy. Like, she's special, right? In my eyes. Um, Is that like a pet? No, like, she's genetically strong. But I think that dog trainers, especially the purely positive and force free trainers and shitty balance trainers, like, They'll they'll say, oh yeah, it's just genetic because they don't know what they're dealing with.
1: Well, yeah, that's different. Yeah, it's, I mean, that, giving them an out. Yeah, that's di- that's different. Yeah,
0: yeah I, I,
3: I, I think the point, like that. Oscar's trying to make, is like trying to get a, a pointer, not to point. You know what I mean? Uh, look it's it. just it's instilled.
0: You know, Vinny Soma said something to me, right? It was he was talking about me. Right, I'm a hound, so if I get a scent, a whiff, pff, I can't let it go. You, you get what I'm saying? And I was it was, a, it was a it was a jab at me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. He's like a hound can't be a retriever. So someone that that gets a scent and can't let it go, can't be a go getter. That's the way I took it, right? But motherfucker, my Catahoulas are scent hounds, sight hounds, and they retrieve, right? So like, it's I think that it's dependent on the handler. Like that's I really now, people will tell me I'm wrong. This that.
1: Yeah. I I guess. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. I mean. Obviously, I, I agree with what you're saying. I'm just saying, like when I think about regular pet dog owners, um, and I feel like if one owned a Lila, and, oh, and I happening. would go, nah, nah, I'd rather not. Nah, I 100, yeah, I'd rather. I'm not. in agreement. It's because why? Because genetics are genetics, and your and your household is not for this dog.
0: No, 100. Like, look at. I don't know who what trainer said this, but you give me a gangster. And and you put it in a, a alpha male, a man mm-hmm. man's house. That dude's gonna handle the shit, dude. Right? Because there's proper leadership in the house. But if you put an alpha dog, like a gangster alpha dog, even Guapo, in the wrong, hand, a medium person's hands, a beta male's hands. I'm Sorry, yeah. Guapo's gonna bang <laughs> someone, dude. Yeah. Like it's it's. I think it's literally. And and I'm, I know it's not politically correct. There are strong people and there are weak people and there are shades of grade in between. And if you have a strong dog like yours or like Guapo, I'm sorry, the shades of gray and the low quality, low status people are not going to be able to handle
1: that. Right. But we're in agreement. Yeah. All right. A hundred percent. You guys are in Chris, agreement. Chris, Chris, what you got? Dog?
2: <laughs> what if you take yourself out of the environment? Problem. Does genetics then dictate? Yes. 100%. Why
3: didn't you speak up so, earlier, bro? <laughs> I, 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 I gotta take because there's not proper yeah, leadership.
2: Yeah, yeah. So so exactly. So leadership is what is controlling the dog, like you said. I've had mo- I've, I've done with a lot of dealt with a lot of aggressive dogs and real serious dogs too. And like you said, when I'm there They understand Um, they're not going to do any of that stuff. There's no fighting when I, when, when I'm around, even if they growl at each other, I can take a step forward or I can say one word and those dogs are going to disperse proper leadership. Exactly. And then like you say, but the second I remove myself from that situation, problem, I know They're gonna be yeah, yeah. It's gonna status, They're gonna be fighting. Someone's gonna figure exactly out what status is. Gonna who's be gonna, gonna have to lead the pack? Which is why I think genetics do matter as far as that, because that's genetically what they're gonna do. That's who they are as a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, if you put me in a ring or you put you put my back against against the wall, I'm you gonna, gonna see fight dog. every single time. But if my back's not cornered, I'm cool. I can be as cool as can be. Another person, you put their back against the wall, it could be a different. It could be a, a different uh, different animal for sure. So I think I don't truly think that these problems can be fixed. But like you said, leadership, the correct leadership with the right person, yes, you can control the dog. But that problem's never gonna go away. Um, and even if you like uh, say if you want to see a behavior come off come out, if you allow that dog, even as a leader, if you allow that dog, you take his his e collar off, you take his prong or his leash off, and you just sit back and see how he's gonna react. Take him to a new environment and see how he's gonna react. He's gonna be self again. If you if you don't say any words to that dog and you don't verbally correct the dog or you're not you know you're not in the picture, that dog's gonna revert back into what it what it's naturally supposed to do, what its genetics are. Um, and that's why I feel like I don't think these problems are fixed, but I think you can, like you said, they're manageable. But I don't think they're fixable. Oh, it's I'm with
0: you. It's again. I'm sorry if Oscar's at my house. Or you're at my house, right? and Creasy and Bummer are there, and you guys have a relationship with both dogs,
2: you're going to be able to handle Oh, situation. for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. straight up. Yeah, it's, it That goes back into, like yeah. you saying, like, when I get behavior modification dogs, I they give me a list of all the horrible things the dog does at home. The first day I get that dog, that dog is just, you see the fear in the dog from the second he walks yeah. into your home. Yeah. He is not the same dog they tell you is. And my problem used to be, I'm like, this dog doesn't do any of that. He's around dogs. He's around, yeah. around other people. He's not being reactive at all. Um, it's just the leadership. It is exactly the leadership. Bro, I mean, it does not go boundaries. far.
1: <laughs> you take a dog back. A month later, they're having all these issues. You show up, you don't see one issue, and they go, "He's mm-hmm. the, he doesn't act like this normally. Mm-hmm. This isn't how he is. Yeah. Well, that is because proper leadership just walked it's, in the door yep yes, exactly sir. so that that's that i'm <laughs> yeah. yeah so we're all the, right
2: yeah yeah, yeah 100%. I, we're all saying
3: the same <laughs> yeah. thing
1: just we're all saying it hey for the last 15 minutes this all right so uh all right let's go let's switch uh switch uh topics a little bit what is uh one thing right now that you feel uh there that is a uh, something going not the right way in our industry right now victim mentality straight up
0: like it's The rescue world's fucked. Dog trainers are fucked because they make dogs out to be victims. Yeah. And when you make dogs out to be victims, you're only doing the worst thing possible, not only for the dog, but for the owner. Because the worst kind of victim is the victim that creates the next victim. Give me an example. A rescue. Oh, this dog's been beaten. It's been beaten. It was a bait dog. It was a bait dog. (laughs) And then... This dog's a gangster, right? Like straight gangster, right? So they put it into this nice family home, and the nice family home's thinking, oh, this poor baby. This <laughs> yeah. Poor yep. baby. And then what happens? That dog it like real quickly realizes oh, I'm king shit of this house too. Yeah. <laughs> right? And and what ends up happening is is they're like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to use a crate. He's been stuck in a crate his whole fucking life, right? Yeah. And then what happens is they didn't sign up for a gangster, dude. They didn't sign up for a fucking monster. They signed up for a happy-go-lucky dog. And rescues lying and saying that this dog was beaten, telling the sob story, sets owners up for failure. Over and over. I see it over and over. That, like, there's rescues that are like, oh, yeah, she's fearful until you put the dog with other dogs. So then these stupid asses, like the rescues, tell that to people. The people like, okay, I'm gonna go to a dog park because this poor baby needs other dogs, and that poor baby tears up another dog. Yeah. Now you just created three more victims. Yeah, I mean, we see that mm-hmm. all the time. It's I mean vi- and it's the same thing in the human world because the dog world is a microcosm of the real world. Right. Victim mentality, right? It's not doing anyone
1: good, feeling it, bad for it, things. And it's almost like something that just Keeps happening, yeah. keeps happening, keeps happening, keeps happening. Vicious it's like, circle. Yeah, it's like you, uh, like yeah, you're always the victim of every situation, and you never take accountability for any of the things that you've done. You've done. Yeah.
3: So you said dog trainers are fucked as well. Is that yeah. due to what's being brought to us, or are dog trainers contributing? Dog trainers to the victim. Can, look,
1: you know why though? Because uh, social media, yes, bro. Dude, I, it's like seriously. If, if you add, uh, you know, a sad story, mm. like. I could literally get any dog and be like, I found this dog on the freeway. Mm. He watch almost me. got hit by a car. He, almost, he, he almost got hit. He was a bait dog. It's my tia. Uh, watch, uh, yeah. watch. Someone stabbed dog. him. <laughs> Bro, it's serious. Watch how I transformed this dog's yeah. life. And I had this yeah. song behind oh, it dude, yeah. that mm. just like tugs at people's strings. Mm. And I'm just like training it. And then all of a sudden, he's like a well-trained dog that is going to get a lot of views and a lot of likes. Oh, and it's just going to feed the monster in me that yeah, because your ego feels
0: so good when you get those views
1: yeah and so and i think that that is a big thing going on right now you know what i'm saying seriously
0: P- dog trainers are like here it is i get calls for people that are like their dogs are eating each other right yeah. like a dangerous situation and and they're getting guarantees from trainers that they're going to erase aggression
3: they're guaranteed so, you. so you're talking about genetics <laughs> hey 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but
0: it's, they're guaranteeing it, right? And I'm sorry. Look, I could guarantee it in my home. Yeah, right. I can't guarantee it in some random softies house. Yeah, at all. You can't. It. it this is a huge. You look at it. These. Tra- I used to do it too. I, I'm just as guilty, or I used to be just as guilty. I got educated, right? And I realized, mm-hmm. you know, dogs, right, <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. But when you are showing that you're fixing a behavior by crucifying a dog. No, you're not, dude. The dog will, will do what you want because you crushed it for five minutes, and it looks good for about a week or two, maybe three months, but there's going to be seepage on the back end.
1: Because of genetics. <laughs> Is, is it genetics or because they didn't do it the right way? Because you didn't do it the right way. Yeah, you didn't go deep into the yeah. into the root because of you, the problem. Yeah, because you don't solve
0: behavior problem. I mean, are there singular learning events? There are. Yeah, right? like closing a door on
1: a dog. Yeah. yeah,
2: you can't fix a problem for me. I, I believe you cannot fix a problem that a dog has been doing for years within five weeks. Uh, no, and and months. and
1: bro, and again, that's another thing. In five minutes. Look at the transformation, bullshit. Yeah. You literally put this put this dog into avoidance where he doesn't want he wants to disappear from this world, and you think you fixed the problem? No, you didn't fix the problem. And you
0: gave the owner a false sense
1: mm-hmm. of confidence. Yeah, and now that owner
0: thinks it's good and it ain't. Yeah, because the owner is not the dog trainer.
1: Oh, you're setting them up for a failure, man. I mean, that's literally all you're doing. Straight up. And this is this is what we're up
0: against. There are there are trainers out there, and I would say the majority, I would say 95% of trainers out there, right? That that are doing this kind of thing, right? To get that quick result, right? And then people think, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. He's a genius. They used to say it about me. And yeah. then I realized. So I'll give you an example. Uh, one time this dog went out, right? And it's German Shepherd. Nothing, I mean, Trainers have been lighting this dog up with prong collars and e-collars. Nothing's working. So I come in there. I'm playing tug. I step on the dog's foot. The dog lets go. I throw the ball. It worked. Like, I I thought, dude, I'm a fucking genius. I'm a fucking genius, dude. Yeah. No one's thought of this shit before, right? (laughs) No
1: one. It worked once.
0: Well, it worked. And and I'm just saying it worked in that moment, right? But did I see the dog two years later? What? Like, if the dog wouldn't out then because it's possessive genetics right right (laughs) like what happens when you step on that paw and that dog bangs someone right like it's and i'm not saying that's what happened i'm saying there are there's fallout for every decision that we make as a dog trainer there's fallout for
2: every action there's a reaction
0: (sighs) and no one no one thinks about two years later they here's the thing about social media and, I, and I'm, I'm pretty good at social media. It's really easy. Yeah, right? you, get you, attention in two seconds. You, like, got,
1: you got quite a bit of followers. <laughs> yeah. <it's, you> know,
0: <laughs> it's, but the whole thing, you never see the dog three years later. You never see that, dude. You never see the dog a year later. And then there's people that will like show you, oh, yeah, this dog was, was barrier aggressive. And I fixed it in one session. Yeah. Like, oh, Fucking, like, where's the dog six months later? Where's the dog two years later? You yeah. never see that, and I think that that's the huge problem. People, pet clients, have an unreal expectation because of people trying to make money, making it a marketing. Yeah, market.
2: I mean, they, that's it goes back into like experience, right? So, like, like you were saying, you can teach something, and it, yeah, I could I could make it sound even better if I talk about like sport world. You can teach something to your dog, and think you taught it, and you can be correcting in a certain way, and you can you can teach that behavior. And down the road, if you don't know where your goal is or what you're going to be doing with that dog, you could be messing up everything else that you have planned for that dog or creating problems in other areas of the training. And it's the same with behavioral dogs. Uh, If you're stringing dogs up, and I've done it because I've had – Aggressive dogs come at me, and you have no other option but to hold them up. Um, Helicopter, whatever you got. And as soon as they stop, yeah, you release pressure, put them down. Good boy. The dog's okay with it. But what you don't understand is that can also cause that dog to learn how to fight the leash. It could cause a dog to learn how to gator roll and bite the leash. Um, some dogs aren't going to take that fight with their owner. So if 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 you're yep. doing it, that's cool. But and you know how to defend if the dogs come at you. But once you start teaching owners to do that type of stuff, it just leads into more problems. And like mm-hmm. you said, you're suppressing the problem you're not fixing yep. it you're burying it but it's always going to come back and it's always going to be a chain reaction of events that yep. are going to happen and, le-
1: le- and let me go a little bit more back into like the training thing bro i see a lot of trainers that will go they'll see the problem in front of them and what's their first thing here give me the leash i'll handle it yep. right now it's like yo this dog don't even know you and you're over here like why don't you attack it the right way? And figure out how you're gonna deal with this issue without the first interaction being, give me the leash. Yeah. I'm gonna show you what I can do. I'm gonna show you uh, you know, how great of a trainer I am that he's not gonna be biting me in the night. Ne- and I bro, and I and I'm talking from experience. I've done this. And so, and it is literally like an ego thing. Oh, he's trying to bite me. Let me go get the suit on real quick. Hand me the leash. Boom. The fucking dog's biting me, biting me, biting me, biting me, biting me. And now the dog's tired, he's not biting me anymore. All right, here. See, I could fix this. <laughs> uh, and here's the whole thing. I have, like, boot, my
0: boof. I love this fucker, right? Yeah. But let's just be real. He's a baby still, mm-hmm. right? And really, if you put pressure on him, you're going to run him. Yeah. Right now, like, seriously, if you wanted to run boof right now, you totally, I'm not, I love my dog, dude. I think that he is something special. I think that that by the time he's three, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. But right now, if I if I put some new person on him, Right, and they put pressure he's never seen before. You're gonna run my fucking dog, and yeah. I I say that because I know that he's a dog. I know that he they all have a br- yeah a breaking point, right? For sure. And and so it, it's from the sport world to the pet world. If you if the, you show the dog something that's never seen, of course that dog's like, oh shit, this guy means something.
1: Yeah, like it's and you don't you didn't prepare him for it. No, you know what I'm saying and. So- yeah.
0: Why would I put, like, n- not only would I, why would I put my pet dog through that? I put so much time into Booth. Why would I put my Booth on that? Yeah. I, do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm not going to let someone run my dog right now. I'm, I'm very particular. I don't even pull them out 99% of places I go. Right. right. Like, oh, let me work Booth. I'm saying that, nah, dude. I mean, you can work him. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you get what I'm saying? But I'm not going to let just some random decoy right dog
2: up and that's because you understand what it takes to get where you want and you know how to get there and what the end goal is going to be and that's what a lot of people don't understand is you have to know what you're going to do with the dog and you have you have to have someone that's experienced enough and has been through enough training with different dogs that have different behaviors to be able to actually fix those problems with that dog and it takes time it's not overnight and it's really a lifelong commitment um it's a lifelong commitment. If you want to see a true change, it's not a fast and move. not,
1: and not just that. I mean like WAPO, I had issues with WAPO that I know how to work with my next dog, but my next dog is going to have a whole set of new issues that I'm going to have to <laughs> learn how to deal with. So lit, I'm always going to be learning something and I'm always going to be making mistakes. I, I want to bring this up real quick.
0: That's Oscar Morris saying that. Like I'm I, <laughs> that's Oscar <laughs> saying that you, like, if you think you know everything you don't you no. don't dude like it, like the more you learn the more you realize you don't know and yep. if you hear someone that's great talking about that
1: and for check your, check yeah go. and for, for our new our trainers out there like guys like i mean do yourself a favor and just get out there and learn more don't think don't think that just because you're saying it on tiktok or whatever And bro, I have such a a small sample size pet. Like
0: when you first start off, when I first started off and I was doing great with all these aggressive dogs. Yeah, I was great. 59 for 60 dogs. Right. (laughs) Right. So it gives you this false sense of confidence. But when you realize that you're actually making mistakes, right, when you really need to check your ego at the door, which is the problem in this industry, ego, 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 when you're willing to check your ego at the door, you can finally start becoming an actual
1: dog trainer. Be a good human. <laughs> I mean I have, to have be a good be a good person. I mean at the end of the day and, and I, I have I still have I have a problem with you know posting something and it like me thinking it's gonna do well and it doesn't and it does hurt my ego a little bit and I have to check myself like, yo bro like why are you even doing this? Why are you doing this? Is it for that? And then you you come to realize that those things don't really matter, man. It's the dogs. It's the dogs that matter. And when you start taking care of that, everything just starts falling into place. The right people are going to want to hang out with you. The right people are going to want to be a part of your team. And everybody sees it. The clients see it. And the most importantly, we see the results with the dogs.
0: Seriously. uh, There's times even with me. Like in Arizona, where I'm thinking why aren't the why aren't these people coming to me like right. like why aren't they coming to me i could i I can see I'm making dogs better like it's right <laughs> <laughs> like it drives me absolutely insane, and it's like that conversation that we had, right It's like I, like I'm almost resentful that they're going somewhere else, and I see that they're not doing the dog mm, yeah, right, you, you know what I'm saying, but it's not
1: my place. Nah. What 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 can we do? I mean, like you. And then you got to see what am I not doing? What am I not doing that's not bringing these people to me? And then that's where we got to get better in yep. you know, in and other areas and stuff. It's like
0: sometimes I'm a little bit too abrupt in what I say, like a little like there's telling the truth and then there's being.
1: <laughs> I have the same problem. You, you know, it's I, I have to, I have to get on my boy Roy over here from time <laughs> to time. Like, hey, bro, chill out, dog. Like Chris
3: too. He he was like, bro. <laughs> i told him i was like just tell me bro and i'm when i'm saying something stupid i'm the same way
1: and then and, and, and i and now i have hung out enough with him but i know his look bro like i see his eyes like the way he's like when i'm like oh yeah like he's, he's like royals about to get heated right now Royals about to say something <laughs> right now <laughs> I, I, I was with the dog
0: trainer going to his appointments right and i walked into the, the house and i'm like holy sh-. i didn't say hi to the client yet i'm like your dog is so overweight it's like, oh, man, they, this is a sick. Like, this is this is abuse. Yeah. like It's and like after the appointment, the, the trainer's like, dude, John, like, yes, you were right. But like,
1: say hi first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, you definitely got to say hi. You got to learn how to say things a little bit. um yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, we could go. Yeah. You as a trainer, you also have to care about. I mean, we have a bad review because one of my one of our trainers told a client. That the dog was being a jerk, <laughs> and she let she put that on on the review. She gave us you know one star because the trainer called this dog a jerk, and I'm just like, come on, dude, like, <laughs> come on, like I mean, she really yeah. got that offended but about that, you know, but, and, and, but and that's she, not
0: that's not your dog trainer, yeah, like, <laughs> no, and, and so and so that, I like, have
1: to so, so what do I do? I at first I was a little upset with the trainer, like bro, like you got to read the room. Like, you know, who can you say things? But then I'm like, nah, this is like, she has a problem. She can't take it. She can't even take him saying that the dog is being a jerk. Even if the dog wasn't like, bro, that to me is like, it's a red flag. You know, it's, and so I'm like, whatever, like, you know, it could have been worse. It could have, you know,
2: (laughs) that's another thing is thinking about how long it takes. uh, So if you look at Oscar's dog, if you look at Guapo, if you have to think about how much time and work he's put into that dog and how many years it took him to be a champion, um, that's the same way you should be looking at your pet dog. If you want your pet dog to succeed and be the best type of pet dog with the best type of training, then you're going to have to put that same amount of training in. We didn't do this overnight. It was years of work, years of grinding. It's the same thing with the pet dogs. It's years of conditioning and raising a dog just the same as you would raise your child. You don't go to preschool and then school ends after you graduate preschool. It's You're going to continue to go to the next grade level up and up and higher and higher. And whoever's going to stick around and put in the work is going to be who's going to be on top. Oh. Who's going to get the answer that they want. That's
0: sit right there. This camera is straight racist towards you.
3: I know, bro. Every, <laughs> time, every time you talk. I mean.
0: So there's a lot of pet dog trainers that hate on sport dog trainers. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I think that when it comes to the sport dog world, if you are just some enthusiast that has one dog, then yeah, I agree with you. But these people that are in this game thick, right, you couldn't touch them on your best day. To stop talking shit that yeah is- I mean
1: I've 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 uh, I've gone to uh, to a few you know I've I've worked with a few pet dog trainers and I see some of the results and it's, it's very you know it's very to me to me right, man look do you want to go to elementary school go to a pet dog trainer you want to go to
0: to like a a, a party chief a crew Go see a sport protection dog trainer.
1: Here's, here's, here's the thing. But but, but even, even with sport protection dog trainers, I mean, yeah, there's some things that they might not understand that the pet dog does, the newer ones. But if you've been around sport dogs and you know how you got to condition certain things so that they could go your way in trial day or how you could, you know, manage different drives, different behavior, there's no way that you cannot stop a dog from pulling on the leash when I have to teach a dog to be off leash for 30 minutes inside the field. Mm -hmm. Like there's just, I mean, there's, there's no way around it. And, 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 and it's crazy to me to hear that, that, you know, these trainers say that, but then I go watch their page, bro, the dogs are shut down. You're literally just over correcting dogs over and over and over again. Like nah, but it like prong collars on every single prong ca- on everything, and and yeah, and you don't really understand marker training like or drive channel or drive channel like I mean so to me it, it's crazy man and 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 again there was this trainer years ago he kind of threw a little bit of a a jab and he talked about like which some of the top trainers in our industry with Michael Ellis Bart Bellin Ivan Balabanov and he was basically saying like those are sport dog trainers nah. Those are dog trainers, Mm -hmm. and you are just trying to get some type of validation one way or another without actually uh, working for it. And it's cool. Some people get it through, you know, their social media and and all their followers and other people. uh, Talking shit. And other people enjoy. Nah, bro, you're out there hustling, bro. You're out there getting the work, and other people don't. Other people, they're happy doing what they're doing. And you know what? If their clients are happy. Whatever. It is what it is. So I actually heard something about Ivan
0: Balvinov and how he, like, uh, cloned his dogs. Did he? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, this is I, 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 yeah. I
1: don't, yes, never you know. heard.
0: So I heard that he cloned a dog, or they cloned a dog, and, you know, it was a champion dog, like mm-hmm. God's gift to the world dog, and then the other two that were cloned were not that.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I'd never heard of that, but, no. I mean, I could... I could see that happening not from him, but I'm just saying in general, like, like if you clone a dog, I like, you know, I yeah, don't environment know.
3: dictates behavior. Yeah. I think I read something or <laughs> 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 I read something or heard something about dog cloning where it, it'll look like the dog, but it's not the same dog. No, yeah. Environment
1: yeah. dictates behavior. Yeah. <laughs> genetics <laughs> or genetics. Genetics uh, are and genetics. Environment. Dictates All right. Behavior. <laughs> Anyways. Um, I, I have one question. Yeah.
0: If you can change or, or, if you could do one thing for the pet industry to help it, what would it be?
2: I would help people realize that everything's not perfect and you're going to have to go through trial and error to get to where you want to be and to get the behaviors you want. And not everything is what you see on camera. Edits are edits and it's different from real life training and fixing problems.
1: That's an elevated, that's an elevated trainer. Speaking facts (laughs) right there. He's he's came uh, with the fire today. I would say, um,
3: don't compare the dog in front of you to the dog you see professionals handling, because uh, you could you could get to that level with your dog, but some dogs may not be able to get there. You know, by the the same age that that dog is going back to what you were saying. So,
0: I would say, learn to have fun with your dog, yep. Stop expecting so much,
1: yep. Yep, I said that on the last one. I was like, man, you got to, you know, just have a good time with the dog and enjoy the dog for who he is, not for who you want him to be and who you, you know, expect him to be just because of whatever ego breed he is or whatever, um, but outside of that, I would say uh, for my trainers out there, um, try not to put so much on yourself, so much pressure, kind of what, you know, what what Chris was saying. Um, because you're looking at everybody else, take your time with it, know that you're going to make mistakes. That is how you become a better trainer by making those mistakes without you making any mistakes. You, I don't, I don't see you growing as much. You know, uh, I have gone, uh, even not just in dog training, but in, in the business part of it, we've gone through some things that, you know, that were hard that we had to go through. And now I look back and I'm like, man, that was, that was a tough situation. But I am thankful for that situation because I believe in God and I believe that God made me, you know, he put that into my life to make me a better man and, uh, help me deal with the future problems that are going to come at some point, uh, in a better way. Uh, so that is, that is my, uh, you know, my thing that I want to put out there. So i Yep, But, uh, Hey man, I appreciate you coming out, bro. It was a great talk. I know this ain't going to be the last one. I'm sure we're going to have you on here Definitely. again. Uh, Chris is, uh, I think we're, we're probably going to make Chris one of our regulars here because it's he so just, real. you know, he brings, he
0: fits knowledge.
1: yeah, he brings so much to the table and, uh, you know, we're, I, I'm just, I'm blessed to have him part of my team. For and sure. you know, my guy, Royal. if it wouldn't be for Royal, this thing wouldn't even be happening. So <laughs> anyways, good. See you guys on the next one. Appreciate all you guys. Chris, you want to add anything? He's going to start singing. Yeah, I knew it.
2: <laughs> elevate your game. Oh, yeah. Elevate your life. Don't drink Coke. And don't subscribe. Oh, snap. I see my baby tonight.
1: All right, bro. Hey, remember, guys, elevate your mind. Elevate your canine. Let's get it. That's fun, dude.
2: <laughs> Let's get it. This that go and get it? No hesitation If that never quit